Welcome to episode 9 of the Fantasy Hockey Bros Podcast. I'm Mike, and I'm joined by Anth. Hey buddy, how's it going? It's going pretty damn good. I'm pumped to talk some fantasy hockey today. Oh, me too. I was just watching some of the highlights, and the stars have been on display. What a goal by McKinnon and OT. Such a fun player to watch. Him and McDavid got to be the two best guys to watch yes let's get into mcdavid we will because we're going to talk about the fantasy players of the night and we had mcdavid featured twice we had mckinnon as you mentioned we had aho pajo eichel and thomas tatar yeah so just like last week a lot of studs on that list mcdavid what a week he had the hat trick last sunday to be the last fantasy player of the night last week and then two games later what does he do he has another hat trick with three assists to go along with it six points he has 13 points over the last week so he's on fire no surprise he aho mckinnon eichel they're all studs eichel four goals last night so it's nice it's nice when the stars in the league are you know showcasing their talents like this yeah, I think so too. Actually, I was just thinking about this. If you owned McDavid, okay, keeper league, obviously, because you would never trade him in a one-year league, right? and you needed to trade him for some reason, what are you looking for? And do you trade him now because does his value get any higher than it is right now? This is McDavid's value. If anyone values him less than what he is right now, then you know, you're not dealing with a smart hockey manager. So what I would do if I was trading him, like we, we've said this on a past episode, you have to let the league know you're trading him and saying best offer gets the player, right? And then just you got to make them fight for it. What I would be looking for, I would like to get probably McKinnon, but I wouldn't tell the McKinnon owner that I want McKinnon, right? You'd maybe try and get McKinnon and something else out of him, maybe a draft pick or another player you can use on your roster. That's what I would do. So McKinnon's your clear number two. I know we didn't want to get into this, but McKinnon's your clear number two then, eh? I And not dry No, style. no, probably... Dry because or, or yeah, exactly. Oh, it's got to be one of those guys because if you're giving up McDavid, you don't want to lose out on the points that that he and Drysaddle put up together. So you'd probably be happy getting a guy like Drysaddle back, but not one for one. McDavid is the best player in the league. Agreed. I was just thinking that because honestly, when it's all said and done, McDavid will be the best hockey player of all time. That's the truth. Oh, that's a that's a bold statement. Like I know you're gonna be like, oh, you know, comparing eras is very hard, and that's what the media will say. But nobody is as good as McDavid, man. No, no, he's something else. Okay, Peugeot and Tatar, another couple guys that got players of the night honors. Who do you want to talk about first? Yeah, so Peugeot, we've been talking about him quite a bit, and he's up to sixty percent owned now on Yahoo. 60% owned means that he's owned in a lot of shallower leagues too. So I sort of need to tell everyone to like dial it back on him. And if you have him in a shallow league, you need to get rid of him. He's not going to keep this up. He's way more suited to a deep league where there's a ton of players owned and he can help you across the board if your league has hits and blocks because he does everything. But in a shallower league... You need to be aware of the fact that he's not going to keep this up. And this is just, this is a nice hot streak, but it's only a matter of time before he slows down. And I think we're actually already seeing him slow down. Yeah, I agree. Shooting percentage is 23.9%, which is completely unsustainable. He's, his average is 10.3. So we're definitely going to see some regression there. You know, hopefully the 60% is so high because he was hot and people are, you know, holding on to him until he completely cools off. Hopefully. So. Yeah, the time's going to run out on Peugeot, so if you want to do something with him, like maybe send him to an owner that is kind of 
all oh, up. Yeah, um, overvaluing his eleven it, goals. Yeah, like now now's the time to do it. Mind you, he is in a contract year, eh? So he's playing well, but again, not sustainable. Yeah, he could definitely top his career high of 19 goals, I think it is. Okay, and then Tatar, 20 points in 20 games. What the heck, Tatar? His career high, 58 points last year with the Habs. So he plays well for the Habs, but point per game pace right now. What are you saying about Tatar? I think he's going to slow down too. He's not playing with the greatest players. I think last I saw, he was centered by Nick Suzuki. So, yeah, he's playing great, and he's one of their better wingers. But sustaining point-per-game pace, I don't see it. My advice for him would be to maybe find a Habs owner. They tend to overvalue their own players, and I'd maybe look to to trade him there. Yeah, Tatar, 57% owned. If I'm him, like you said, I'm trading him. There's guys that are under that, like in the 40s of the percentage owned, who I like more. Like, for example, Kreider's there, 10 points, 18 games. I'd rather Kreider than Tatar myself. You know, Ryan Johansson. There's guys out there that are less owned, but I like better. So, yeah, Tatar is a prime sell high. Yeah, in a, in a deeper league. yeah, You're not really going to be able to sell him for too much. No. Okay, guys you want to talk about this week? Yeah, so we have a Warrior wait coming up in a little bit. We'll look at a bunch of guys there. We have a bunch of notes on the past week that we'll start getting into. The Crosby injury, we touched on it last week, but the timetable came down after. He's going to be out for a minimum of six weeks. I've been thinking about it, and the biggest beneficiary of his injury is Evgeny Malkin. Malkin was saying to the media a couple days ago that he knows he needs to carry the team, and he was saying all the right things. But he wasn't just saying it. He he actually does it when Crosby's out of the lineup. In 122 games without Crosby, Malkin has 67 goals and 96 assists for 163 points. Whoa. Yeah. So big numbers with Crosby out. And he's going to do it again. Two points last night against the Leafs. So... Maybe Malkin, if um, he only has nine points on the season, maybe if there's a, an owner who's a little bit down on him, you can make a, make a deal for him. Agreed. And he's I playing with, we- sorry, and he's playing with Gensel too. And so we, we talked a little bit about Gensel's production maybe taking a hit with Crosby out. It's not going to happen. Gensel's a stud and Malkin's going to step up too. So look for those two to get a lot of points. Yep, can't argue with you there at all. Malkin turns into the Hulk when Crosby's not around, so <laughs> that's that's awesome. Okay, a couple guys I, I wanted to touch on here. Maybe some fringe guys. Eric Halla. Carolina finally put all of their studs on a power play. Teravainen, Hamilton, Aho, Shvechnikov, and Halla finds himself there. When he was out, it was Dezingle for the first game this week. We'll, we'll get to Dezingle later, don't worry. Um, but now Halla occupies that spot, and he's been good. He's been good since joining the Canes. He's a guy that, that should definitely be owned just based on his deployment and how he's performing. Center winger, 11 points so far this year, 33% owned. I, I, I'm just saying I like Halla while he's playing in that on that top power play. Yep. Tyler Bertuzzi is a guy I would like to talk about. He's, 50 per, sorry, he's 57% owned. That right there puts him at... An ownership number less than John Gabriel Pajot, and that shouldn't be the case with Tyler Bertuzzi. He's still young, and he's only been improving since he joined the league. And he was a, a prolific scorer in the OHL, put up good numbers in the AHL. So he's still on the up, and I think he maybe tops out at a 60 to 65 point guy. But he's got some jam, so he produces across the board. 
I like Tyler Bertuzzi a lot, and I think his ownership number should probably be higher than that. Yeah, I'm with you there too. I I, I wasn't so high on Tyler Bertuzzi coming in, and and I was that was wrong of me because they like him. Like Blasio uses him well. I was watching the um, Detroit OT yesterday, Saturday night. They had a power play in overtime, four on three. You know who they had out there? Mantha, Larkin, Anthony Cu, and Tyler Bertuzzi. No defenseman, wow. and Tyler Bertuzzi was there in front of the net. So these little things are good to see, and I agree. Tyler Bertuzzi should be more owned than he is right now. Yep. Okay, we got to talk about Derek Brassard. He's been on an absolute heater, and he's only 5% owned. Six points in his last three games, 13 points on the year. Is this a resurgence from Derek Broussard? Um, A resurgence to what? Because in his best seasons, he averaged maybe 50 points, so... Yeah, so his career high was with the Rangers. He had 60 points in 2014-2015. Well, I'll say this. I think he should definitely be more than 5% owned. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's playing well there, and the Islanders are a good team, and they have about like seven or eight forwards that regularly get points. So I think he should be more owned, but I wouldn't get too excited. Maybe in the short term while he's playing well, but when he slows down, I'd be ready to cut bait with him. Yeah, right now he's sitting on that top power play with Barzal, Beauvillier, Nelson, Pulak. So, yeah, as you could just hear by the names, they change that power play around all the time. I think this is just a matter of him being pretty hot right now. I guess, you know, ride him while he's hot, but don't expect, I don't expect him to hit 60 points like he did four or five years ago. Yep, agreed. I want to talk about the stars a little bit. Some signs of life. We have Tyler Sagan with five points in the last two games. Jamie Benn. Has three points in the last two games. He scored a goal in overtime. Are you... Did you see that goal? I did, yeah. The, the celebration was like... Oh, could... <laughs> man. The relief on his face when he scored that goal. Yeah, he still has a lot of work to do before he gets back in our good books. But, well, okay, I didn't want to talk about them, though. I want to talk about the fact that the Stars are always line juggling. They're throwing these names into a blender and... Some of the pairings or some some of the, the trios that they're coming out with is just like, I, I don't know. I don't see anything resembling common sense there. Like seeing Justin Dowling in between uh, Sagan and Ben. I don't know. But those guys, when you see players on the stars playing with these top guys like Radulov and Sagan, Ben, Hintz, I don't think those guys have much value. Like even like Dowling playing in between Sagan and Ben, Mike, do you think, would you say that he has a ton of value? No, not at all, especially when Sagan and Ben aren't playing well. There's nothing about Dowling that wants me to own him right now. Right, and just keep in mind, too, that they're constantly throwing these names into a blender. So, yeah, I I wouldn't see that because a lot of guys will see that. A lot of managers will see their new lines and jump on these guys, and I, I don't think you should. No, I agree, and it's only a matter of time before these guys, well, hopefully they get going, but they're going to play with each other, like, they're going to reunite the Ben Sagan Radulov line, they're going to try to get Pavelski, like, Perry, I guess. The Stars will eventually play together, so no need to own these uh, these other guys. Right. Another guy I want to talk about is Nino Niederreiter. Bit of a fringe guy here, but I think people were drafting him expecting the kind of production he had when he first joined the Canes last year. He put up 30 points in 36 games which was solid value for a guy that probably last year at the time wasn't owned very much. So I'm sure guys were drafting him higher, expecting more than 8 points in 20 games so far this year. Nino's playing down in the lineup with Nekas, 
and Walmart. And he's averaging, minute. yeah, he's averaging three minutes less than last than the, the 36 games last year. Yeah, so uh, I, I just uh, Nino had has not looked very very good out there. He hasn't really made an impact. He's 26 percent owned right now. Honestly, if there's a guy on waivers that's producing. I, I don't see any reason to own Nino right now. Like, it's, his peripherals are, aren't even great. Like, 17 hits, 9 blocks. Uh, I'm not crazy about Nino this year. Uh, not when Sveshnikov has emerged the way he has, you know? Like, that's basically who's taking all of his minutes. Right, right. Quality minutes, I should say. And what would your advice be for managers who own Victor Olofsson, who came out on a torrid pace, he was just racking up the power play goals, but he's definitely slowed down over the last few weeks. For guys who own Olofsson in deeper leagues where you can't just drop a guy like that onto waivers, what would your advice for them be? I would advise you to just stick with Olofsson. You know, I've been watching a bunch of Sabres games, and he's still playing on that top power play. He's still playing with Eichel. Like, I'm not worried about Olofsson. I think, obviously, his torn pace at the beginning of the year was just that. Like, he was hot. But I wouldn't say that I'm concerned in any way. Yeah, it's funny. We had a bunch of people on uh, Twitter and Instagram sending us potential deals they had that had Olofsson involved where he was valued very highly. And, you know, he was a perfect sell-high candidate. But I think, I think yeah, I agree with you that now at this point, I mean, he's still getting, he still has the opportunity there and then the deployment and all that. So I would, you just have to sort of wait, leave him on your team and uh, see what he can do from, from this point forward. Still 14 points in 19 games. So he can yeah. still he can still produce at a pretty good clip. Okay, let's move on to defense, Mike. Is there anyone you want to talk about? Yes, I do. I definitely want to talk about the situation going on in Boston. The absence of Krug has opened up a spot for not Charlie McAvoy, but Matt Grizzlick. And while Krug is out, I'm saying like go and add Grizzlick. No if, ends, or buts about it. Because Grizzlick on that top unit has serious value. And there's no timetable on when Krug is going to be activated. So, I mean, as long as Grizzlick is there and it's not McAvoy, uh, he has some serious value. Right, as long as he's there. It's a, it's a short-term thing. Okay, but hold on. It, it, might, it might not actually be short-term because we don't know how long Krug's out. Is there still no timetable? No. He, they placed him on the IR November 16th. And that's all we've heard. Upper body injury. Okay, so something to monitor there. A player I want to talk about quickly, just to illustrate a point, is Mark Borietsky, who is 30% owned, and he hits a ton. 81 hits he has, blocks a lot of shots too, and he's picked up a few points. So in any league right now on Yahoo that has hits and blocks, Borietsky is ranked 129th overall out of that's all fantasy players so he's more valuable currently than guys like Seth Jones Eric Carlson and his teammate Thomas Shabbat so that just goes to show you the importance of a defender that can pick up all those peripheral stats in leagues that have those categories yeah no that's a good point people I I think we often overlook the value of a player well a a player that does everything but B, of a player that only gets you certain stats. Like, the goals and the assists, the power play points, yeah, those are pretty. But, uh, like, winning hits, winning blocks, 
even shots to a certain extent. There's some guys that just shoot a lot but don't get a lot of points. But there is still a category that you need to focus on winning. Yeah, exactly. In our league, I know that in our league with all these peripheral stats, if I have a defenseman that's only putting up uh, goals, assists, points – like I, st- I like that guy, obviously, but I'll always try and trade him because I want guys that contribute across the board. And I've always thought that way and I've always built my defense that way and it's it's led to success. So I think that is a great way to manage your team. Yeah, 100%. Okay, sticking with defense, we got to talk about Jacob Chikrin. Now, let me start by saying Arizona power play, it is kind of jumbled. You got Nick Schmaltz, Derek Steppen, Carl Soderberg. Phil Kessel and Jacob Chikrin on the point there, which is very interesting because they've taken out OEL off that top power play and have Chikrin there. Yeah, and Chikrin's a guy that, like, we were just talking about this. He, he covers all the categories. So if he's in a position now where he can get a few more points and rack up some power play points, it makes him really valuable. Now, I don't know how long this is going to last, but OEL just he hasn't been able to be the defenseman or the fantasy defenseman that everybody's wanting him to be. Right. And who knows how long this Chikrin promotion is going to last, but while it's there, he's got some value. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I agree with you 100%. I want to And I should add, he's eight. Yeah, he's only 8% owned right now. Yeah, so a good deep league value add there. Uh, I want to just expand a little bit on a guy I just mentioned in Thomas Shabbat, who, yeah, his teammate Mark Borietsky is currently more valuable but with Shabbat a lot of a lot of managers out there are a little bit down on him because I guess you know over 55 points in 70 games last year solid and 11 and 20 this year yeah not that bad but just talking to a few a few managers I, I know that they're a little bit down on him and he only has one goal that's on 53 shots so his shooting percentage is way down you know, he still he logs a big minutes. I think Thomas Shabbat is an absolute stud. And if you have a manager like that in your league that's a little bit down on him and you can get him for like value a little bit lower than it should be, I, I would do that. I think he's still good for 50 points this year and playing 25 minutes a night. Solid player. He's only on the up. So it's, yeah, his value's a little bit lower than Borietsky's right now, but it's it's not going to stay there much longer. Yeah, I, I agree. Shabbat's a beauty. He's only done it one year, though, and he's a rookie. I get it. He looks good. Ottawa's on a tough team, but as you alluded to, yeah, he, he might not hit the 55 points he did last year, but he's definitely going to produce more than he has been, I think, for the rest of the year. Yeah, and just to throw a name out there, I would, like, if you have a guy like Keith Yandel, I think, you know, Keith Yandel might actually get you Shabbat in return in a yearly league. If that's a trade that you could pull off, that's a, just a fantastic trade. Yeah. Okay, I th- let's get right into the worry or wait segment. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Now, we are approaching American Thanksgiving, and it's the time where a lot of people say, you know what, your team is what it is. I know everyone's going to bring up the St. Louis example, and yeah, that's one in a million. So if your team is what it is, we can apply that logic to players, or can we? That's the question here. Are these guys who have been struggling are what they are this season or will they turn it around? God, that was good. I did that pretty good. I just, I felt good saying that whole little spiel there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, quarter season. Quarter season, this is a good time to do another Warrior Weight segment. So I, I see a few names on the list here, Mike, that you don't want to talk about too much. Why is that? 
Okay, now we've been getting a lot of tweets, a lot of messages about some guys where, like, you shouldn't even be thinking about trading them, definitely not dropping them. Guys like Johnny Goudreau, Kucherov, Claude Giroux, even Blake Wheeler, like, don't worry about these guys. They're not performing to their capabilities, and they will. So do not touch any of those guys. Absolutely. Now, there may be a couple other of the do not touches we'll talk about, but it, it is a little bit more questionable. So let's get right into it. Phil Kessel. Okay, with Kessel, I would say worry. Worry that he is not going to produce at the pace that he did the last two seasons with the Pens, where he put up 92 and 82 points. I don't think that he's going to be a point-per-game player this year. He doesn't seem to be as good a fit with the Coyotes. But that said, is he still going to hit 60 points? Yes. So I guess my advice for him would be if you have a manager in your league that values him high, you should make that deal now. If not, you probably only have a 60 to 70 point player on your hands for this season, which is still valuable. Yeah, the the problem there with Kessel is that he doesn't get anything else but shots and obviously points when he's producing. So it's a tough one, but I agree. I'm also worried about Kessel. New team, new situation. It's almost like a built-in excuse to a certain extent. Another guy with the same excuse is going to come up shortly, but yeah, I'm definitely worried about Kessel. But like you said, you know, it's almost like, what are you going to do with him? You're not going to drop Phil Kessel. Right. So maybe like we should find some names, Mike, where other guys who are struggling that if you could make the one-for-one deal, like, okay, I'll throw a name at you right now. Would you do, if you had Kessel, would you do Kessel straight up for Brady Kachuk? Because I say Brady Kachuk as a guy who isn't, isn't really living up to the expectations that a lot of people had for him, but he still contributes across the board, right, with all those peripheral stats. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. You know what? I'm gonna. I would do that. I would do that trade. I think I would too. And I think that's a trade where a lot of people listening, if you have Kessel, you can get you can get Kachuk. Right. So no, I agree with you. Would you do Kessel for Ben right now? A right pro- now, <laughs> one problem for another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're looking at the other stats too. If you could take a guy who disappoints you just as much as the other guy, but still gets you some other stats, then you would do it, right? But yep. but Kessel for Ben. I th- or Sagan. Or Sagan. More in Kessel's kind of wheelhouse, right? Oh, for Sagan, I would do it in a heartbeat. For Ben, I don't know. I, I would probably stick with Kessel and maybe regret it. That That's a really tough one. Okay, okay I'll, th- on. I'll throw the next name at you. Um, okay. We'll do another forward, and then we'll move on to some defense. Yeah. Mikhail Granlund. Yeah, Mikhail Granlund. So he's a guy, you know, 30% owned still, which is kind of high for a guy that's producing the way he is. Now, he he was great on Minnesota, putting up like two high 60-point seasons, 69-67 with Minnesota. But ever since he's been to Nashville, like he came over at the trade deadline last year, had five points in 16 games. And this year, you know, he's, he's clipping at the same pace, six points in 19 games. So I just think this is a guy that just doesn't fit in on this team. Like he's not going to get top power play minutes, right? He might squeeze in here and there. With, a, with one of their superstars on, on a top six. But Granlin just isn't getting it done for me. He's not a big peripheral guy either. So he's one of those guys, 30% owned. I don't mind dropping him on the wire. I really don't. Okay, so say you're in a really deep league, like like yeah. our 18-team league. Would you yeah. go pick him up if he were to get dropped? I don't think I would. 
I don't think I would. And there's guys like our like the top of our waivers is what twelve percent owned. Yeah. Um, and he'd be a thirty spot there. No, I wouldn't pick him up. Okay. First so, of all, so I would, no faith. I would no rather, faith in him. No, that's fine. No, no, and I would rather have a rotating spot. If it's if it's a situation where I'm a Grandland owner, I already have a rotating spot. I still drop him for a guy that's you know has more potential. Right. Yep. Okay, moving on. Let me throw one at you. Let's go to defense. We got three here we need to talk about. Let's start with P.K. Subban. Subban, I will still say wait. Because Subban, he just has the track record to back up. Like, I know he's with a new team, and it just it hasn't worked out so far. But with, with the Devils, too, the Devils just don't look that good. So I'm trying to sort of talking myself into worrying here. <laughs> but... You know, I still like Subban. He's got 50 shots and only two goals. And he's been a stud. He's done it for so many years. I think 19 games, he's played 19 games. It's not a lot. Things change on a dime, as I've said before. So I'm still waiting with Subban. So any Subban owners, don't give up hope yet. Yeah, I'm really, really teetering on this one. Because, you know, like I mentioned with Kessel, it's a high-profile player on a new team. New situation, and Subban's still on that second power play. I know there's good players on both and and whatever, but, you know, Vatnin got hurt who was playing number one power play, and now they're giving it to Severson. Still didn't give Subban that spot. You know, if I had to pick one way, I'm still going to say wait, but, man, it's close. It's really close for me. Right, and we'll have to revisit this in a couple weeks to see if we're still waiting. But for now, wait. Don't panic with Subban just yet. Yeah. Okay, next name, Mike. Tyson Berry. Yeah, we got to talk about Barry. You know, he's been, what does he have, five assists now? Yeah. No goals? Yeah, but See, a lot the, of shots. 58 shots. Yeah, but you know what with Barry? It's it's the quality of shots that concern me. He's not being deployed on that top power play with those Leafs studs. And he's skating on the second power play. It's, things are just way different in Toronto than they were in Colorado. And you know what? As long as Babcock is the coach... He's shown that he is not willing to change things up. So that means Barry, who had the opportunity to go to power play one when Marner was hurt, he didn't. Barry's still in the second power play. You know, while I think maybe he picks it up a bit, he's just too good for this. I do not see him coming anywhere close to 59 points, man. Yeah, it's really so tough the, to so see that happening right now. Yeah, so I'm worried. Let's let's go there. Okay, so you say worry. I would have to agree and say worry too, but that will change in a second if Babcock does get fired. And we'll get into more of that later because we do have a question about it. So let's move on to the next name here. Matt Dumba. I want to talk about Matt Dumba. So I'm going to give the name to myself because I know, I think I know what your answer is going to be. And mine is 100%. You have to wait still with Matt Dumba. Again, yes, not a great team there in the wild, but showing some signs of life recently, three points in the last four games with a couple of goals. He is a plus three. Uh, he's got some shots. He's playing, logging big minutes still. That hasn't dipped. You know, still averaging over 23 minutes a game. So, no, and you know, and Dumbo, coming into the season, remember, he was like, oh, I'm going to try and get 30 this year. And we were so hyped, like, oh, this guy's going to just take the league by storm. Yeah. I still don't think it's time to give up on that a quarter season in. You know, he could, he's a type of, type of player where he could just like, he'll have a hat trick one night and then, and then that's it. He's mm. off. So I, I, I still think definitely wait on Dumba. Are you, I don't know if you're, if you would say it as emphatically as me, but let's hear what you have to say. 
Well, okay, let me start by saying I'm, I'm with you there. I'm also waiting on Dumba. It's just a little discouraging at times when Spurgeon's used ahead of him and, and Suter on the top power play. But I, I think Dumba's great. And the thing with Dumba is his value, yeah, it's in the goals and the points, but man, he hits and blocks and shoots like a champ. Yeah. So if you're in a league that counts those stats, there's nothing wrong with waiting because he's still, you know, he's still producing for you. Right, and, and I was on that side of things, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I was just pumping Borieski's um, tires, who in our league is ranked 129th. Dumba, with all his struggles, is right behind him at 134. So you know, despite the low goals and points count, still has a ton of value. I just want to point out that I think we're probably the only fantasy hockey podcast in history to say Borieski's name three times in the same episode. I think it's more than that. I think I said it like five times before. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. I think that's good. I think that was good for Warrior Weight. Guys, if there's anybody we missed, send us a note and we'll give you our our advice on them in next week's episode. Yeah. Okay. uh, Before we go any further, we got to mention to our peeps. Do people still say that? I think so. Okay. I like that. I got to mention to our... No. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, I'm saying it anyway. I'm bringing it back. We got to mention to our peeps that this podcast is brought to you by GT Radial Tires and their new Champiro Ice Pro, a stunnable winter tire that is designed to handle the harshest ice and snow conditions. Visit gtradial.ca for more information. Did you get your snow tires on? No, I should have had them on a, yeah, a, a week ago, though. Yeah, you wiped out on the highway. Wiped out, smashed into the barrier. It was a rough ride, but we made it. But he's okay. <laughs> he's okay, I'm everybody. At you. I'm looking at you on the other side, and you're, everything's going to cast but your face. So I'm glad you were able to do this episode with me. I'm hanging in here, literally, literally no. hanging in here. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He's all good, guys. Um, yeah, get those snow tires on and yeah, go to GT. GT's hooking us up. Okay, let's look. Well, let's get into some questions first. We got a few we need to answer. Yeah. Okay, our first one is from our buddy at Patrick underscore Neron, who is regularly contributing some solid questions for us. He says, what to do with Travis Konechny this year in a keeper league? Would you sell high? Mike, what do you think about Travis Konechny? 19 points in 20 games for the Flyers. Yeah, you know what? I've watched a bunch of Philly games this year. Konechny looks good. He really does look good. And he's almost overtaken Voracek for, like, the number two forward on that team. Points-wise, he has this year. But, like, as far as deployment, Konechny's being used, and he looks great out there. What was the question? Do we trade him? What would you do with him in a keeper league? Would you sell high? Oh, yeah, no, I'm not doing anything with Konechny. I like him, but in saying that, if you can get a guy like like Kako, who yeah. maybe the owners kind of was expecting more out of him this year, like go for it. Yeah, and so let me ask you it this way, Mike. Konechny had 49 points in 82 games last year, 47 in the the, uh, the year before that, which was his sophomore season, and then 28 in his rookie year. So he's in his fourth year, uh, first-round yep. pick back in 2015. What do you think he tops out at in terms of points? I think he could be a seventy-point player in the NHL. Okay, that's pretty pretty beefy. Yeah, I think 
Well, I think he climbed, like I think this year maybe he's looking at high fifties, and maybe next year like mid sixties, and then by the time he's what twenty five, like I, I think he can get there. I think there's room for him on Philly to get there. Yeah, I I don't really look at him and see a guy who's gonna blossom into like an elite. 80 90 point guy i don't see that so yeah patrick if you if you do have a manager that's going to value him in that way you know with him being point per game through 20 games then i would sell high on him right because keep in mind that he's probably not an an 80 point player at least we don't think so no so yeah okay look quick little thing Konechny or keller what are you doing who do you get who do you like more uh, I would say Konechny because I, I also don't think Keller is an 80 to 90 point guy. Maybe Keller tops out at a little bit higher on on the point scale, but Konechny will contribute more than Keller across the board. So even if Konechny is giving me 5 to 10 less points, I will still take Konechny. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know. Maybe we should have talked about Keller a little bit and worry your weight, but like he had 65 points in his rookie year. Last year, 47. This year, 13 and 21. Do you think he ever gets back to 65? Uh, ever is a strong word. But do you think he gets back to 65 this year? I, I don't think that he'll get there this year. Um, maybe. I mean, I, I, th- I think he'll beat his 47 from last year. But I think he maybe maybe will top out. Like his He might have his like career year around 80 points. I, I think he's going to be in that 60 to 70 point range. Really? You think he's that good, eh? I do. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a seventh overall pick, and he's still finding his game. He's a, he's a bit of an undersized player, and Arizona players um, typically haven't produced at like a, at a high clip in the past. So, I mean, maybe somewhere else he would produce more, but in his current situation, yeah, I think he's a 60-65-point guy. At his best, that is. Okay, next question. And we didn't mention this guy in Warrior Weight because we had this question. It's from at Johan P85. He asks, hang on to Vazzy or let him go. Tampa is not looking as good as last year's regular season. Right. You mentioned your your um, your list of guys who people have been really worried about, like Goudreau, Kucherov, Drew, Wheeler. Vazilevsky's on that list. A lot of worry surrounding him. But he he's a stud. I still think he's the best fantasy goaltender to own. And the Lightning are, are going to start tearing it up sooner or later. So, no, do not let him go. Yep, agree with you 100%. Okay, the next question is from a friend of ours, Graziano, at YC06 underscore insider on Twitter. And he says... I have to trade Marchand in our keeper pool this year. Based on his fantasy value, what should I be looking to get back in a trade? So, I mean, we shouldn't really be giving Gratz a hand because he is the competition. But we're nice guys, so let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so hmm, let's start by saying this. I don't think you will get the value for Marchand that you should. Because for some reason, people don't really view this rat as a 100-point player. <laughs> he just pissed off every Bruins fan. Well, no. he's they'll, They would agree with me. He is a freaking rat. But like a great rat. I would love to have this rat on my team. Yeah, stud. But anyway, he's 31 years old, which is the only thing that will come into question when trading him, Gratz. Um, 
No, dude, I love Marchand. I think he's so valuable because, you know, he adds those power play points and the shorthanded points too, which I love. He's on it freaking every empty net opportunity. And he's on the best line in the league. I think Marchand gets 100 points again this year. Yeah, easily. The only way she was trading him is is his age. And and when will it slow down? I think it's going to be when Bergeron eventually slows down. I think you try to get a guy that's maybe a couple years younger and can top out at a similar point total. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I agree with you 100%. Marchand's an absolute stud. Over the last four seasons, 302 points in 247 games. So he's way above point per game. But yeah, like you said, it's the age. It's the age factor because he's, what, 32? 31, I think. Yeah, 31. And um, there's that stigma in our league when it comes to guys in their 30s. Everyone's so afraid of taking uh, a player that could possibly slow down. I would say a fair one-for-one trade is for Ovechkin, but you also have Ovechkin, Gratz. So the next guy I would look at as a a fair, straight-up one-for-one is probably Patrick Kane, who is the same age. And if you're going to grab a a stud who's a lot younger, then he probably won't produce as well as Marchand. Like, that's sort of the trade-off there. Well, for now. Like, a guy like... I say this because it's kind of fresh in my mind and I just traded him, but, like, a guy like Brock Besser, where he could be a point-per-game guy in the future, hasn't hit it yet, he's very young. And you're trading off the points right now for a guy who has the potential to grow into that, you know? Right. Okay, thanks, Gratz. Let's move on to the next one here. This is from at underscore SP3N, who says, not exactly a fantasy question, but what do you think about Babcock at the moment? Should the Leafs change it up? And we can okay, put a thanks. fantasy spin on this. Yeah, I was going to say, thanks, Ben, for the question. We can, it doesn't, it's not a fantasy question, but we can put a fantasy spin on it, like you said. I think once Babcock goes, I think you can expect to see a boost in all of these guys' stats. Like, they just don't, they don't look like they really want to play for him. And I know that's tough to look at through the eye, but something's going on over there. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, to answer his question directly, I, I think the Leafs should absolutely fire Babcock right now because it just to put it simply, you have a team that should be a contender, I think. I mean, you have all these elite players. You have a, a stud in Morgan Riley at the back. You have a fantastic starter in Anderson, and they're failing miserably right now. And the first guy who should take the brunt of the blame is Babcock. So, yes, I think they should fire him. And as you said, if they do, then all of these guys get a bump. And I would say the guy who I would look at first uh, to get things turned around would be Tyson Berry. Yeah, I'm with you there. Okay, so let's get to the week ahead now. But before we do that, let's announce the winner of our giveaway. The, yes. The Red Wings jersey and hat, or cap, as I said last week. <laughs> okay, the winner, Mike. You got the name in front of you? Yes, let me do this right now. Okay, the winner winner of the giveaway is... At... First of all, this is from Instagram. Oh, that's right. That's right. We did it on both platforms, Instagram and Twitter. And the winner we drew for Instagram or Twitter first came from Instagram, and then we drew the Instagram winner. So it is, without further ado. At Kate... Well, I want to give him a little... I'm just... (laughs) Holy cow. (laughs) 
<laughs> at Caitlin Golem. Congratulations. Yes, congrats, Caitlin. We will DM you uh, very shortly to get the info. So congratulations. First of many giveaways. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Congrats. Okay, week ahead. Eh? We got okay. four games. Yes, the four gamers. We have five teams that play four times next week. Arizona, Carolina, Detroit, Edmonton, and Florida. And two gamers, none. And one gamers, none. So, lots of hockey coming up this week. The heavy nights, as usual, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And wow, are they heavy nights. Yeah, they're heavy. There's only one game on Monday, two games on Wednesday, two games on Friday, and three games on Sunday. So super light schedule on those off days. Right, and then super heavy the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So on Tuesday, there's only five teams that don't play. Same same thing as on Thursday, only five teams in the league don't play. And then on the Saturday, only three teams don't play. So those nights are going to be crazy. Those nights are going to decide your matchup. But it would be nice to pick up a few points on those off nights with only a couple teams playing. Yeah, the thing with the way the schedule plays out this week, it makes it very easy to navigate, I think. So let me just run down quickly. We'll get into some of the names and stuff. But let me run down quickly what I would do this week. Very simple. For the Monday, I'm picking up a player from either L.A., Arizona, Anaheim, or Washington. Okay? Then I am, if needed, picking up the Kincaid spot start on the Wednesday because he will probably play that game. If not, I'll pick up a player from either the Rangers or Ottawa who play Wednesday and Friday. After the Saturday night, I'm going to see what I need in my matchup for the Sunday and then either pick up a player on Sunday or pick up a spot start because there's a bunch available. That was another solid little segment (laughs) I just did, man. Okay, there you go, folks. There's Michael Schofield's plan for the week. (laughs) Who's Michael Schofield? (laughs) Oh, you never seen Prison Break? No, I didn't. But sure, he sounds intelligent. (laughs) Very. So, yeah, so you, there you go. Follow Mike's plan there, and um, you're going to be the mastermind of your league. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so we've mentioned them a couple times now. Arizona, I, I would say Arizona has the best schedule of all teams this week when it comes to picking up games. So let's, let's look there first, the uh, valuable players to own from Arizona. Yeah, I think you have Kraus, who's kind of been a little hot lately. Three points in his last two games, gets you some hits. Lawson Krauss, 23% owned. You got Connor Garland, 12% owned, playing on the top line. Derek Steppen, 6% owned. And Jacob Chikrin, who I mentioned, only 8% owned. That's a guy this week. I like him a lot. Yep, I got uh, Connor Garland written down too. It also uh, says that he has, is 16% owned. So going to correct you there. We, we pride ourselves on being very factually accurate. You know what I put? I I did the percentages yesterday, so yeah, it's probably might be a little off. What a plugger! Yeah, so well, it's gonna be in the same neighborhood. Let's be real. Yeah, so I'm expecting Garland's ownership to rise a bit with the, over this next week. Okay, who else you got? I got a couple guys from Detroit. I gotta say, I really like the Detroit schedule. They play home to Ottawa, then at Columbus, at New Jersey, who will be playing a back to back. And home to Carolina. 
So don't mind the Detroit schedule. And for guys I'm looking at, Robbie Fabry, 16%, who we mentioned last week, and Andreas Athanasiu, 14%. And Athanasiu has been picking it up. He is starting to finally get some tucks this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also looking at Carolina, who whose schedule I like. As, as we said, they play four times, and they play Chicago, Philly, Florida, and Detroit. So a nice little schedule there. Eric Halla, who you mentioned off the tops, 33% owned and back on that top power play. So he is a name I'm looking at. I'm also looking at Eric, uh, sorry, Jordan Stahl, uh, 12% owned and could pick up some points for you this week. Yep, and just quickly, another couple guys. Cassian, 46% owned, probably owned in most leagues. Well, I shouldn't say most leagues. It's actually under most because it's less than 50%. But yeah, 46% (laughs) owned Cassian. We know how much that top line has been tearing it up. And Cassian can sprinkle in a few points there plus some hits so 46 percent owned cassian's not bad and then for a little sneaky ad brett Connolly playing on the second line with trocheck only four percent owned yeah Florida 13 points, points not too bad frankie vetrano too is not a not a bad pickup on the week at the 20 percent owned and likes to shoot does frankie oh frankie loves to shoot his shot <laughs> and then quickly looking at spot start options on sunday now, keep in mind that things might change until then, but you're looking at the possibility of Sam Montembeau on Florida playing, maybe Bernier with Detroit, Ranta with Arizona, and Reimer with Carolina. These are all goalies that may be owned. If you need to get a spot start on Sunday, they may be options for you. Yeah, and those Sunday spot starts can come up super clutch if you hit. Yeah. All right, Ath, Battle of the Bargains. I won again. What do you mean again? It's 2-2. Two, two. Is it 2-2? Two, two? Yeah, it's only 2-2. Two, two. Nemesnikov let me down this week. Or actually, DJ Smith let me down this week. I don't know why all of a sudden Nemesnikov's ice time just plummets. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ottawa. But yeah, yeah, Ryan Dezingle with three points took down you and everybody else playing. Guys. Right, he, he tied. Well, Dezingle had the goal, which... Gave you the edge over Marco's uh, a pick of Robbie Fabry, who had three assists. That's right. So edge still goes to me. Me and you have won three weeks in a row between the two of us. This is why we're doing this podcast, I guess. <laughs> get it done. <laughs> and okay, let's get into our picks. I got first pick this week. I picked. Yeah, I picked Nemesnikov first last week. So it's you. Okay. I'm going to stick with, ooh, I'm going to go with Detroit, but I'm going to pick between two guys. I mentioned both. Let's go with Anthony Sioux. Ooh, taking my pick from a few weeks back. Yeah, 14% owned. Let's watch him stay hot. Okay, and my pick, thanks for not taking him, Mike. Six points in five games. His teammate, Bob Fabry. (laughs) (laughs) Bob Fabry. Yeah, so a battle of the Red Wings this week, Fabry versus Athanasiu. And okay. I will Athanasiu your 20 bucks <laughs> next Sunday. Okay, and when you lose for the second week in a row, I will Fabrice the stench off of that pick. <laughs> oh, I think everyone would agree it's automatically 3-2 me now. No matter what happens this week. <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up there. Guys, that post is going to be coming out 
It'll be Monday morning. Get involved with the game. Pretty cool. Okay, and before we wrap it up, just a quick note on next week's recording schedule for episode 10. Mike is getting married in a couple weeks, and we are doing the bachelor party this weekend. All the boys are heading down to Arizona. Are you fired up, Mike? I am pumped. I'm going to whoop your ass and golf a few times, yeah. and then we're going to take in a Coyotes game. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a good time. So, yeah, so the episode will probably be coming out on the Tuesday as opposed to the usual Monday afternoon. So, But we'll keep you guys updated on that. And with that, Mike, sign her off. Yes, guys, have a good week. Good luck in your pools. Any questions, we're here for you. Have a good one. Take care. See you guys.